Hey everyone, welcome to This is Steph Sober, a weekly podcast for those in need of some sober support. I can hardly believe it, but here we are wrapping up an incredible season two. And what better way to close it out than with a special guest who holds a truly significant place in the podcast history. Joining me is none other than Ricky, the very first official fan of the podcast. He reached out last August after hearing about me being a garage drinker, as he was too. So in this episode, Ricky and I reminisce about our past, those wild garage drinking days when time seemed to just stand still. We were caught up in an enabling cycle, thinking it was the norm since everyone around us was doing the same. But my friends, things have changed. Our lives have evolved since embracing sobriety. Ricky, your unwavering support has resonated deeply within the sober community. You have been a beacon of light, guiding others along their paths to recovery. Your presence is felt by many, and we can't thank you enough. This is Ricky Sober. Ricky! How are you? I'm, I'm really good. I'm actually excited to do this with you because like, so this is going to be the last episode for season two mm-hmm. and it just felt right because you were the very first person to reach out when I started the podcast with Sarah to like give feedback and say you listened. And I'm like, somebody actually listened besides like my mom. Like it was amazing. Right. You know, I was, I was thinking about that and uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, it was last August, last August. Think about it. Cause I don't even, I think you might've been like six or seven months sober by then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have been about, I was roughly eight months sober when we started it. Yeah. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. It, don't ask me how it popped up, but somewhere Spotify found you. And <laughs> Oh, okay. So it wasn't even through Instagram. No, it was literally through Spotify that you found yep. the podcast and then you found me on Instagram. Is that yes. kind of how it went down? Wow. Well, yeah, because I wow. asked you a question about the about the garage drinking. Yeah, because that was that was one of them, and uh, it was a hard thing to get over. Yeah. Do you? Okay, because we let's talk about garage drinking. I, I like this subject. Uh, we did a <laughs> lot of garage drinking with our neighbors. We actually moved away out of that neighborhood three years ago and have become completely avoidant of all neighbors now because we just don't want to get caught up in that mm-hmm. is that it? so that's it's a huge thing where we're at in omaha like neighborhoods everyone just like congregates in someone's garage or multiple garages we have like golf carts we would drive around and we would all just get totally wasted because hey we're all around our homes we're safe we can do that it's just a big fucking enabling activity is all it was and i look at it is that what it was like like am i describing similar similar uh scenario oh or yeah what was it like most definitely and i mean yeah i got the golf cart my wife's golf cart and uh but i mean there was a time i got a mini bike a go-kart that i made for my kids and a three-wheeler and me and the boys from the neighborhood hammered would get on these things and just ride all over the neighborhood yeah with with not a worry in the world 
not a worry in the world. Did anybody ever get hurt? No. We had a chick one time fall off the back of a golf cart and she was so drunk. Like she literally could, she didn't catch herself. She was sitting on the back, you know, the back is rough anyway, sober because you got to kind of like, it's like, you're, you're writing differently, right? Like everything's Mm -hmm. like hitting your back and she like fell forward and like didn't catch herself and like fell on her face and it's really fucked up but like at the time it was like oh my god so funny you know ha, ha, right. ha. like uh, you just I hope she's okay yeah like it, she was fine i mean obviously like it, it it's not funny but it's just this weird it was this weird time in my life where like it was, it was just so fun. normal it was fun it was fun it was definitely fun, but I also think the alcohol was all I had in common with those people. At the at your old house. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I talked to we talked to a few of them still, but like we're not socializing with them. I mean, we would see these people every every day. Like it was oh, yeah. you get off work, you can't wait for everyone else to get off work, and we all just would hang out and drink. Yeah. I actually, I had one of my buddies, um, he's, I don't know, he's probably 15 years younger than me. Mm. And uh, he would come home every single day in a hurry to come over and sit in the garage and drink beer with me. And then one day he was, he got a job offer to go to Chicago and he said, you know, my wife and I were sitting out there and he goes, you know, the highlight of my day is looking forward to coming home and sitting in my buddy's garage drinking beer with him. He goes, that's kind of sad. <laughs> wow. And then he moved to Chicago. Have and you now he's back. Him? Oh, is yeah, he back? He moved back. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, his it, relationship it, with alcohol? Now, he, well, it, honestly, stuff, it seems like since I've quit drinking, and they all know that I've quit drinking. They, mm-hmm. they all, everybody knows I quit drinking. It seems like a lot of them don't drink half as much. Um, They've got like they so they got seltzers in their garage for me or any beers. And the one that went to Chicago, he actually ended up. He thought he might have had a stroke one night. Oh wow! And he got an Uber or he drove himself. I can't really remember to the hospital. He had a fucking tumor in his brain, the size of a grapefruit. Shut up! And uh, they took it out. And we went down there and hung out with him for a couple couple days he ended up moving back home because he had no family there to take care of him. Right. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it seemed like I might've, I might've, I might've made a lot of people drink a little bit more than they should have, but not now. Are you you saying you were the instigator of a lot of that? There was a lot of one mores. Yeah. Oh, I made, I made my husband a shirt that said, I'll do one more because we used to make fun of my husband all the time because he would say that probably 10 times before he Mm -hmm. would actually be done. All right. I'll do one more. All right. I'll do one more. And it's like, we need to go home. No, I'm going to do one more. Yeah. And then get up and go to work the next day. Saying to yourself, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not, I'm not doing this today. I'm going to go home. Yep. I'm going to relax. I'm (laughs) I'm going to close the garage door. So no one comes over. And yeah, I mean, it was so bad. I had a pool in the backyard. I mean, I guess it wasn't so bad, but at the time it wasn't so bad. <laughs> right. I'd come home and my buddies would be in the pool. Already waiting for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or if my wife and I went out to our friend's house out on the boat, they'd give us a call. Hey, we're we're going to be in the pool. Just let us know when you're on your way home and we'll get out of here. It's like, 
whatever, garage is open. You know, it just, yeah. I don't know. It was fun. Um, I'm not going to lie. It was a good time, but, you know, th- you got to change a little bit. Things got to change. So Yeah, it, you feel like you kind of are, it's like Groundhog Day, right? You're just, you're doing the same thing with the same people. You're telling the same fucking stories because you're drunk. And like, mm-hmm. you just tell the same, like, I think about the conversations that we would have in the garage with, with our neighbors. And I'm like, God, we all just talked about the same shit over and over and over. No one's problems ever got solved. No, we would dwell on problems and use that as reasons. Oh man, have another beer. Like you fucking deserve it. Like, God, that's <laughs> shitty. you know, like it just kept going and going. It's funny. Cause I heard you say, you know, kind of like you were maybe the ringleader or, you know, you kind of created the, the, the drinking environment because, right. You know, my husband is the same way. I think that's like his biggest struggle right now with letting go of the drinking. He is cut way back, by the way. I have to say that because like, I'm so proud of him. He's really working his way through it in his own way. And we all have to do it our own way. I'm just so all or nothing. Like I'm ripped the fucking bandaid off. Let's just not drink at all. He's a little different, which is great, but that's his biggest struggle. Like everyone relied on him for their good time, right? Like, yes. Yep. And I feel like that's kind of what you're saying. Like your house was the go-to. You were always very open, like come over anytime. Like we have a pool here. When we first moved here, we told all the old neighbors, you guys, we're four minutes down the road. You guys can come over, use the pool whenever. But it's like, they never left. Like no one ever left. And even if we weren't in the mood, like we would have to pretend we're in the mood to like hang out and do all this. And we've just been talking lately. It's been kind of this huge, like pressure release to not have all that pressure to be like my husband, I think literally felt responsible for everyone else's fun. Like he had to like, make sure he was providing. I do. I do know. Definitely. know. Um, and now it's, I don't know. I still have a good time. I still have fun, but I don't let things that don't involve me involve me. I don't need to get involved. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't care about your cousin that was dating his sister I don't, it, that doesn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just stuff like, I don't care. The drama. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't need to So how did it go down then when you decided, like, I mean, this is such a big decision when you're caught up in that. Like, I know this because it was a big decision for me because mm-hmm. I was caught up in it, but I'm a little bit different. Like I said, rip the bandaid off. Let's go. How did that go down for you? Like when, when you, told everyone or did you not tell everyone right away like no i didn't tell everyone right away it kind of just came out as they could they could kind of notice it you know what i mean they 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 could see it without me saying it i would i would i tried the the 75 hard Mm, okay and Mm -hmm. so that's where it kind of wanted to start failed that twice miserably Mm -hmm. um i i just ordered the book so i'm gonna start it again this time i think i got the alcohol part down was that the hardest part the other times was the alcohol the hardest part what was the hardest okay see i feel like it would have been for me like now i feel like i could probably do it yeah so yeah it was definitely and what what was even harder is yeah i'd go a week or two without drinking and then full throttle baby i'm all right, I'm back. I need 14 two-hearteds. Let's get this going, you know? And then you black out and you fall down your basement steps or, oh. you know, it's just, uh, yeah. So, and then uh, then just that one day I, I looked at my girls and, you know, that's, I love my family. Mm-hmm. And 
it wasn't truly shining through. It wasn't truly there. You know what I mean? I, it was it was just a mask that I was putting on. And uh, you know, you tell them you tell them you want to do this. You tell them you're going to do that. And it was all a fucking lie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I meant it at the time, but I wake up in the next morning like, are we still gonna go here? Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. Now it's just it, it's nice, you know. It's nice to remember. It's nice to trust yourself and to mm-hmm. know that they can trust you. It's the best feeling. Or when your kid says, "Hey, you want to go get ice cream, Dad?" Like, yeah, I do. I do want to go get ice cream. <laughs> you know. So yeah, it's you know, it's just uh, the kids. The family, my fa- my whole family, you know, I love them. And it's just, it's just a hell of a lot easier to deal with day-to-day operation without the, uh, fuck, let's hurry up and get this done so I can have 10 beers, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I And I still, I don't know how, I don't know how I even got done what I got done every day, forever. You know, it's like, yeah, how did I know. you get that done? Right. So you started out just telling people, oh, I'm doing 75 hard. Cause I, I get that. Cause that's kind of what I did too. Like, I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to do dry January because there's something about like the pressure of people being like, why are you don't, you're not going to drink. Like we're adults, but there's still that peer pressure that we just, we're not ready to like commit to in a sense. Like, you know what I mean? So we find like reasons outside of ourselves, like, Oh, I'm doing a dry January. You're like, I'm going to do 75 hard. And I knew though, when I did, was going to do that dry January, it was forever, but I couldn't tell people yet. Like I just, there comes a confidence, the confidence like comes later. So you try to do 75 hard. So what ended up happening? Cause it obviously it stuck. We're having this conversation, like where, where did it stick and how did that, like how so did everyone perceive or like accept it or whatever? I, you know, everybody, it, they kind of, they kind of had to accept it. Mm-hmm. to where the point I was, it was, uh, I don't know. That was just like the kickstart of it. You know, I was, I had a dietitian, I had everything and, uh, you know, you're eating all the right foods. You're doing all this. The same neighbor that went to Chicago, he was like, listen, I'll do the 75 days with you. He goes, I'm still going to drink a little bit doing it. And I'm like, well, then you're not going to do it. Then you're not, you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it hit the one night that I I was trying to talk to my kids and I saw him looking at me like, okay, same old story, same old dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, enough's enough. I said it to myself. I mean, it was tough. It I, it was, it was rough. I mean, I, I, I was like a hermit. I didn't talk. I didn't do anything. I drank 20,000 pots of coffee, 500 smoothies, you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. And I was going to the gym constantly. I just, I don't know why the gym is just a constant release. Like you can actually just. You can physically feel it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I agree. So you kind of uh, just like a, a started avoiding the socializing with the neighbors when you made that decision. Yeah. And I, I did that, you know, but I did that for a while. It, it, I mean, I still separate myself a little bit because I know it's nice to be able to walk in there, stay for a half hour, 45 minutes or whatever and be like, all right, I got to go. You know, I got to take dog for a walk. I got to do this. Um, my wife might need something. My kids might need, help. you know, just not excuses because you don't need a reason to leave anymore. You know what I mean? You can just say, all right, I got to go. There's yeah. nothing getting done here. You guys are watching football for seven hours and right. I got shit to do. <laughs> and it's, uh, I don't know if the word liberating's the right word or not, but it's just, uh, there's no handcuffs. 
Yeah, you felt you know? tied to it, right? It took well, all of your well, time and energy. Yeah, it did. It literally, and it it's like every bad mistake you made was while you were drinking. Yeah. You know, like I would I would put some food on the grill or whatever and I'm like okay, I would actually time it around beer. Mm-hmm. Okay, well I can probably have four or five by the time that's done. You know, it, it's just that's sad. That's sad. It is. Now it's all right, the food's on. I could probably run to the store. I could grab the ketchup. I could see if the kids need anything. And then by the time I get back, it, it just, I don't know. It feels more productive mm-hmm. in a sense, right? Like I just remember, play, I mean, my whole week, day, minutes revolved around alcohol. Like there was just such a small window for me to actually be productive because I knew the rest of the time I needed to be available for alcohol Mm -hmm. or I needed to be available in the morning to like nurse a hangover. Like it's so sad because yeah, your family really gets shoved aside with it too. I mean, I just think about my daughter, all the things that I didn't do with her because it was during drinking hours, you know, like, sorry, babe, you know, we're hanging out with the neighbors right now thinking like I have the right to have, time with my friends but do i need to spend 12 hours on a saturday drinking with my friends i mean is that really living life when i have this beautiful daughter who i tried so hard to have and then now i just kind of push her aside because it's interfering and that's addiction that's when you Mm -hmm. have a fucked up relationship with alcohol when you're putting it before your kids and you may think no, I'm not. I earned it. I was because I'm a stay at home mom. I've been home with her all week. That's enough. It's yep. not enough because she's going to be she's literally going to be 18 in three years. And that scares the shit out of me now. And like, I'm probably and I don't know if you feel the same way. I may be overcompensating. Like, I feel like I'm like, what do you want to do today? You want to go do something? You want to go do this? You want to go do that? Like, because I feel right. like I've missed out. Well, no, and you're, you're not overcompensating. I ask the kids all the time, do you want to go do this? Or I got to go out to my mom's and work in the garden. Who wants to go? Um, do you guys want to go to grandpa's and see him for a little bit? Do you guys need to go? I mean, do you want to go to Target? I mean, who has? Right. Oh, we go to Target all the time. I bet I know, your girls but I'm a dad. love that. I'm a dad. They love like, that. Do you want to go, to wanna go? Do you want to go with me to Kroger? It's just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. My middle daughter, she is she's a who she uh and this would have never happened what if i was still drinking she she needed to get some razors from target mm-hmm. so we go and she gets them and she comes out and she's like they don't have any shorts I, my daughter so i'm five nine and my daughter is five nine and she's 17 oh wow but yeah she, tall she's a string bean and she's so <laughs> fucking funny so this is my middle daughter. And I was like, so you want to go to the dicks down the street? There's a big warehouse. They got a warehouse down there and everything's on sale. And she kind of looked at me. She's like, if you want to, I was like, let's go. So we drive in there and they're playing Backstreet Boys. I started busting out singing it like loud. And she's kind of looking at me. Doesn't know like if she should get pissed off at me or laugh. So she just kind of laughed. You into a, mens- a mental institution. Right? <laughs> she just laughed and kind of walked away and- I'm like, well, okay, whatever. And I don't know, but if that, I wouldn't have done that that long ago, 
You know, it would have been like, we wouldn't even went. I wouldn't have took no. her to Target. She you could drive. Been like, yeah, you would have been like, I already took you to Target. I need to get home. And it's like, you're like, live in a state of irritability. Like, I just feel like I was always like low key irritated at everything. And until I was home drinking my seltzer or whatever it was that day, I was irritated. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, now everyone leave me alone. Like, I've got my best friend alcohol here. It's going to make everything better. It was just tearing my life apart. Yeah, I don't need any of your shit today. You know? Leave me alone. (laughs) I missed my friend for a long time. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. And just sitting back, even listening to him. And before it would get so irritated, I would be like irritated. Like, okay, get to the end of the story. Get to the end of the story. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now I now that you listen to them, they're actually kind of funny. You know, there's humor yeah. to it. Yeah. I uh I, I met this I didn't meet this guy. I did meet a guy. At the car wash, he locked his keys in his car. So uh I see this guy trying to get in his truck and stuff and he comes over to me and he's like, Can I use your phone? I locked my keys in my car. I was like, I don't care. So I'm driving my truck off and stuff and uh he calls his wife, he called on star, nobody answered. I was like, I'll just give you a ride home and He's like, okay. I mean, <laughs> so he jumps in my truck. And we're talking about fishing and hunting and stuff. And we get to his house. He grabs his keys and his wife calls on my phone hooked up to the truck. And uh, he's like, no, it's all figured out. Ricky got me from the, picked me up at the uh, car wash. And he's took me to the house to get the keys. She's like, well, who's Ricky? He's like, oh, the guy I met at the car wash, you know. My new best friend. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, he was in the Marine Corps and stuff. And I, I even, I was like, how'd you know I was in the Marine Corps? He goes, oh, your license plate. I was like, okay, you're paying attention, you know. So the point of my story is I said, my daughter works at that grocery store right there, the picnic basket. And he lives across the street from me. He's like, oh, I'm in there all the time. So whatever. I drop him off. I go home. I tell my wife what happened. She thought I went to the grocery store because I was gone for so long. My oldest, my middle daughter comes home from work and she's like, dad, did you meet somebody at the car wash today? <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. But I wouldn't have done that, you know, right. a year ago, I would have said, fuck you, dude. I yeah, I got do. time. Right. Uh-huh. I got, I got drinking to do. Talking about productivity. We've been cleaning out our house and doing stuff like that. Just, we moved into this house three years ago. And the first year we moved in, we were still heavy drinkers and we just, it's a party house. I'm not going to lie. Like it's got a beautiful resort-like backyard with a pool, hot tub, outdoor bar, indoor bar in the basement. My husband's got tons of arcade games. Like we entertained, we were the entertainers. And so you just add that to my decision to get sober. It was just a really hard decision, right? Um, I knew it was the right one. Anyway, so we're working on stuff this weekend and my husband made a comment, which I thought was really cool. Like he's having these little realizations around, you know, taking time off drinking and how productive you really can be. And I think it takes a lot of that to finally like make it stick or make you want it more than the sitting around and drinking. And he's just like, my husband, first of all, I have to say my husband's a hard worker and he's very, very productive. Even when he was a drinker, he was still like, doing stuff, but probably not to his fullest potential. Like you were even saying like this weekend, he got so much shit done. And we went on our walk yesterday evening and he made the comment. He's like, man, I just think about 
all the things that we just half-assed when we first moved into this house. Like we just half-assed like getting stuff done so that it was good enough so that we could have everybody over and spend, you know, the rest of the fucking 12 hours of the day drinking. Right. And he's like, we have gotten so much done this weekend, more this weekend than the last three years we've been in this house. I'm like, yes, sir. This is what I'm talking about. Like this. Right. And we enjoyed it because we weren't hungover or irritated or irritable or trying to rush through it so that we can have. And we did spend time in the pool. We even even having done all of that, all the chores, we had like a good solid hour in the pool to relax. We went for our walk in the evening. We wouldn't have done any of that. We would have been freaking hammered. Right. Passed out in the pool. Passed out in the pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say that all the time. I, I was so sick of half-assing everything. You know, I was half-assing my way through life. Yeah, is what it felt like. Like I do the kids on their vehicles. I had to do their brakes. Usually, it would turn into an all-day affair. You know, just mm-hmm. because you would have to stop for a couple hours, have twenty beers, and people and come over because they see you out in the garage. Uh huh. I know this story. Yeah. <laughs> And then you're like questioning yourself the next day. Fuck, did I put that bolt in? You know, did I put mm-hmm. that? Did I put these on? Did I bleed them? Did I do this right? And I, I just did this a couple of weeks ago, you know? So I did back brakes, front brakes, had them all done in a couple hours, still went to the store, got to go home and do stuff with, with the fa- with family or whatever. You know, it's just your, uh, your time, your preparation throughout the day. It's just a lot different, you know, yeah. when it's not, yeah. when you're not, uh, when you're not chained down. Yeah. It so. like opens up a whole, I feel like I have so much time to get yeah, stuff done. Not. And I still kind of rush things sometimes. Cause that was like the habit, right? Like kind of rush through things because you, that's what you did so that you would could create more time for drinking. And now it's like, I have to tell myself like, wait a minute, like let's slow down. Like let's enjoy mm-hmm. what we're doing right now because there's no rush for anything. Right. And we still, and guess what? We're going to feel fucking amazing tomorrow. And so if we don't get through it today, we'll do it tomorrow. Cause mm-hmm. that was the other thing too. Like you got to rush so you can drink. Cause you know, you're, you're going to tie one on and you're not going to do shit on Sunday. Like Sunday is going to be a fucking couch day. You're not getting shit done or it's going to be a recovery day where you're just drinking to feel better. Like, yeah, there you, you go. Know That's you're not like, doing shit. No Sunday fun day. That's what it was Sunday all about. Fun day. And then you wait and you, you know it, you know that you're going to feel like shit on Monday. Oh yeah. But, I mean, you just, I felt like shit every day. So it didn't. Yeah. It's the worst when you start binging like on Friday and it just goes all week. Like you never get hung over, you know, where you just like keep going. Like I used to get up in the morning and start out with bloody Mary's or mimosas before mm-hmm. the hangover would kick in and then like come, but you knew, like you knew what you were doing. Like I knew on Sunday evening and when I'm like, God, I haven't been hung over yet. I've got to dry out. I knew Monday was going to, fucking suck like because mm-hmm. the longer you prolong that hangover it's like the hangover is like a million times worse but i would i just like i gotta get through the weekend man it's sunday fun day like i gotta get out there i gotta you know yeah it, yeah it didn't matter the weather it didn't matter anything because i'd start Mm-mm. a fire in the garage and the garage would get up to yep. 80 degrees and everybody yep. it, it's it was miserable it, it i mean it was fun mm-hmm. but i like it better now I do like it better now. 
Yeah, um, it was like, fun, but it was toxic fun. Yeah. And I liked how uh, Pearl, she's so cool. And, oh, uh, isn't she? <laughs> I just I just put two and two together that she did the, the intro music for Sober yes. Effect. And uh, I was listening to your guys' podcast. The first thing you asked her, you were like, well, what what feels better? Or what what do you enjoy the best or something like that? And she was like, pooping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, that's the truth. But it's, it's the truth, right? It like, is. It starts physical... with the gut. <laughs> it really does. It oh. really does. The physical health part is, it's like amazing to just not feel sick all the time or have to use the bathroom all the time and I mean you're you we let's talk about the gym because I work out a lot and I just feel like I don't know if I would be sober if I didn't work out like I do because it's like become but I don't I also want to say I'm not like obsessive like I only strength train three days a week I'm not one of those people that has like completely replaced because there's a fine line there right some people will like overkill the gym to oh, replace yeah. the alcohol and it becomes because you can do too much like it can become a whole new addiction that can be harming you so i want to say that first and foremost like do not put all the hours that you put into drinking into the gym because you don't need oh, to oh. but what a what a amazing yeah what an amazing <laughs> yeah right the way i drank um what an amazing healthy way to like release all the stress because let's be honest we're sober life is good but it's mm -hmm. fucking life like we're gonna have stress like it, there's no way every day it. yep no way around it you know everybody thinks that as soon as you get sober that your anxiety is gonna go away mm -hmm. well newsflash for like the first probably three or four months my shit was off the charts yes i was i didn't know if i was coming or going or yep. what the hell was going on i didn't want to i didn't want to go to the grocery store i was like motherfuckers are looking at me funny and i'm like you know it's just i don't know it was uh it was tough and then the headaches you know i, I think i had probably 30 days before the headaches finally got really? tolerable went away you know and i don't know how people you know i'm i'm a guesser when it comes to like well you know it took three months before my gut got back to normal and this and that some people are like on day 42 i actually felt phenomenal i'm like really you 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 wrote that down day 40 <laughs> some people do though ricky I, I know some people do i didn't i didn't and i sometimes wish i would have been a little bit more journaling like i just journaling i don't even know if that's a word i just started journaling within the last few months and i find it very helpful i don't do it mm -hmm. routinely but i do it sporadically but it is like i always tell myself god i wish i would have done that because it would be nice to look back no definitely i agree with that but i just i don't know I don't want to say I want to forget all the times and from drinking, but there's a lot of them that I want to, you know, I feel better. It's nice to say to myself, you know what, you need to go to the doctors and because your foot, your foot's bugging you, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So you make the appointment and you actually go versus, well, let's think about it for the day and let's drink about it for the day. Yeah. That's, that's more <laughs> like it. And that's what happened, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you would do that. Mm-hmm. I don't so, feel it no more. I'm good. I'm cured. 
Right. And it's <laughs> another funny thing is uh, I've been reading um, Their Naked Mind, and uh, I had it for like a month from the library, and they had to get it from a different store, from a different library, mm-hmm. because somebody hasn't returned it yet so i had to return it after a month and they got a new edition of it so i rented i got that one out and my wife says didn't you just get this one or take this one back and i was like well yeah but i'm a slow reader and sometimes <laughs> i read pages twice so you gotta give me, me a break me too and it's, but i enjoy reading now yeah well it's it's kind of a you just sit down for an hour or so and whatever it's relaxing uh, mm-hmm it is, I, you know, my, my patients, I don't want to say that I don't, my patients aren't like, oh, you can really, you can't piss me off. You can piss me off, sure. but it's a lot harder. Mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, like where before it was just, I would just block it out. I don't want to, I don't care what you have to say because you're bugging me right now. You know? Yeah. Is your, so your anxiety, you said it kind of amped up. Cause like I had anxiety while I was a drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually one of the many reasons I drank. Cause I was met, trying to medicate the anxiety, not knowing that it really just the rebound was why I felt so shitty and so anxious. And it, I would say it took 60 days roughly before I noticed my anxiety was gone. And when I say my anxiety, I'm talking my anxiety attacks because I want to be clear, like we'll never get rid of anxiety completely. Like Mm -hmm. it's normal. We have to have it. It's like, you know, fire alarm, letting our body know that something's going on and we need to be aware. Mine was going off when it didn't need to go off. Like in the most unrealistic times, like I'd be getting a massage and all of a sudden I'm having a full on anxiety attack. Like it made no sense. Right. And that's because my body was just coming down from the alcohol, but like getting rid of the alcohol completely doesn't happen overnight. Like there you have this huge rush of like adrenaline and all of this stuff, just trying to like balance out. Do you feel like you have the healthy anxiety now? Like, or are you still, do you still struggle from with the heavier like anxiety i have moments it's it's oh my god it's nothing like it used to be i mean it's nothing like it used to be but that goes back to the therapy you know Mm -hmm. like i would not go to the grocery store if it was super busy Mm -hmm. i'll go in the morning when it's not busy because just somebody behind me i would sometimes feel like okay i gotta be i'll just move over i'll just move over you know and just let them go by i'm like you know i still let uh crowds sitting in the crowds i'm constantly just kind of surveying you know i'm I'm paying attention to what's going on but you know it's just it's just a nervous thing Mm -hmm. anxiety Mm -hmm. but you said we use it to to medicate medicate or you used it to medicate your anxiety i mean we used it to medicate everything right you know anything uncomfortable Mm -hmm. right and uh it takes you a while to unmedicate everything that you used it for you know it's and it's the one thing i think about when pearl keeps saying that is because it took probably nine months before my gut finally got normal you know Mm -hmm. and i mean that's Granted, it's a pro. I got to take a probiotic and stuff, but why? Yeah, you think about all the why damage. You, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but come on, man. Like nine months compared to how long you've been drinking. Right. Yeah. You know. Um. And it's, you know. You you want people to know that it's it's not an overnight remedy. You no. just because you're done for a week or two, it doesn't happen like that. 
You know, mm. it, it takes a while. I do the group meetings with the sober buddy and, you know, you see people that got three or four days and they're a wreck. They're like, this sucks. I don't want to do this. And then, you know, you got people, you know, with a year or four months or three months or whatever, and they can see the difference through the different stages. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're like, okay, so in three months, I'm going to feel a little bit better and try to paint a pretty picture to the outcome, you know? Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. Not, yeah, it sucks. It fucking sucks and for a while, but it gets easier, you know? Right. Well, it's better than the alternative because if you think of it like, you know, the, the next three to four months are going to go by regardless. So you mm-hmm. can either stop drinking, fucking get through it, get support, get your toolbox going, do everything to stay sober, to get through the hardest part of sobriety, or you can keep drinking and feeling like shit every day. Like right. they're both fucking hard. The difference mm-hmm. is one is going to have an amazing outcome. Right. And the other is going to, it could just keep getting worse. And most people know at that point that it's getting to a point where it's affecting them, their health, their, their marriage, their relationship with their kids, their fucking job. Like there's something that it's finally like affecting enough to where they want to be done. And they, you got to just keep remembering your whys and going back to that and, and pushing through it. It's true. It's uh you, you got to know why you're, why, why you're not going to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and just keep, my thing is I got to keep moving. Yep. I got to keep my feet moving. If my feet are moving, that means my mind's moving. Yep. Um, keep my hands busy. Um, I've always got my water bottle with me. I mean, I would pack coolers when I'd go to the VA, the veterans hospital, mm-hmm. I would pack a cooler and I would put like white claws or truly's in it because I didn't think they would be able to smell, smell those, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's now it's seltzer waters and coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I don't know. It's a, it's a good feeling. It really it, is. It is. It's, it's amazing. I just, I remember like when I read uh sober diaries by Claire Pooley, and this goes back to like getting for, through those first few months. She described those first few months as like one of the hardest obstacle courses you'll ever have to go through. I mean, you're talking like hard shit, mm-hmm. right? And then when you get to the other side, you're met with this beautiful meadow and things are just easier to sort through. And like, there's just this clarity. And the minute you go back to drinking, what you've done is you've put yourself back to the beginning of that fucking obstacle course. And you right. got to redo it all again. And that was like profound to me because I was four months sober when I read her book. So I had just hit that other side of the obstacle course where I was feeling right. that confidence that comes in your sobriety and like, like, okay, I can do this. Like I've really gone through some shit now and didn't drink and proved to myself I didn't need to. Like I've done the obstacle course and I, I'm such a metaphor person. And I loved that metaphor because that is exactly why I never went back. So I was like, you know what? I don't ever want to have to fucking sober up again. Like that mm-hmm. was really, really hard. Why would really? I do that to myself again? Really, really hard. Right. Right. Yeah. There's a, uh, I don't know if you, if you follow her, or she follows you or whatever. I think it was from, she's not drinking. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways, mm-hmm. she, she'll put these quotes and stuff up on Instagram and it was, uh, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. 
Yep. And I, I say it, I say it all the time. I, you know what I mean? I, and I don't know, it's just something so simple. It's, you know, you were talking about the other side of the meadow and Huberman lab. I was listening to him and he oh, was talking him. about how the fuck do you get that smart? <sighs> the guy is so smart. He's so smart. He just regurgitates all this stuff. And I'm like, how do you have all that in your head? Well, probably because he know. didn't drink like we did. <laughs> and he's probably got this real tiny head too. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Beetlejuice. You know, yeah, the little right? <laughs> but how he says, um, he goes, it takes so long for your brain to, to reroute the path around the alcohol part of it. And he goes, and when you go back and then you start over, it doesn't go down that same path. It does a different one because because he's like, he knows that path doesn't work anymore. And it's like, my God, it, it, you just, I don't know, and like working out and you're like, man, I'm not losing any weight. I don't know what the hell is going on. And how, as soon as you start drinking, yeah, you can eat the best food in the world. You can do every diet you want. But as soon as you start drinking, all of that shit goes to the side and all that toxin gets put got to go through first yeah your body prioritizes that yep and it's just it's just the things that you learn mm-hmm. um and that's what makes me never never go back it, it, right. it's just it's like smoking yes you know i used to smoke but i just the more you read about it and actually know about it you're like man i will never go back to that so Mm-mm. yeah you never want to go back once you know you know, you can't unknow, you know what I mean? And like, but you know, you have to be open to wanting to hear it. I mean, there's people in my life. I know I can't sit there and and tell them, Oh, do you know that this happens when you drink? They're not ready to hear it. You Mm -hmm. have to, I mean, that that's the thing too, that is so hard when you're sober and you know, all these things now, and you've got people around you that you just love so dearly. And you're just watching them pour this poison down their throat. And you're just like, fuck, man. Like, for me, it's just so hard. And I don't, and I think people just think of it as, oh, she's sober now. That's why she doesn't want to be around us. Like, she can't be around alcohol because it might trigger her to drink. No, that's not it. I can't be around alcohol because I'm so repulsed by it. Mm -hmm. And it breaks my heart to watch someone I care about or used to be really good friends with and hang out with literally pour it down their throat. That's right. why I don't hang out anymore. Or I avoid social situations where there's going to be a lot of heavy drinking because it just, it really bothers me. Right. It gets to the point where, you know, you can go to a birthday party or you can go to a, a seasonal function. Mm-hmm. It gets, there's a point where it's not about the function anymore. Right. It's, it's like, okay, well, let's have a drink and talk about it. Let's, you know, let's have a drink and talk about this. Do you want a drink? Do you want this? Do you want that? You know, Christmas is over. Now it's just about a party. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, time to bounce. Time to go home. Yeah. <laughs> There's my cue. Time to go home. So, yeah, it's just, um, it's nice to be able to do that. But, yeah, it, it is. It's painful watching the ones you love go through it. You don't want to be the preacher either. Nope. You know, um, because I would have been the same way. You know, you would have been the same way. Oh, hell yeah. Exactly. We'll talk about it over another drink. There's a reason I didn't have any sober friends when I was a drinker. 
right? Mm -hmm. There was a fucking yeah. reason. I think that goes for all drinkers. Yep. You know, there's there's not very many of them that hang around sober people. Mm -mm. <laughs> it's something else. I went golfing for the first time sober in, uh, with one of my best friends, best friends forever. He was yeah. one of my best friends in the Marine Corps. And uh, we get done golfing and I drove him home and he's like, can you hang out for a little bit? I was like, no, nah, I'm going to go home. You know, and he lives like 45 minutes away from me. And it was kind of nice, you know, just going home and you don't got to hear, you know, I, I don't got to hear from my wife. Like you probably shouldn't have drove home. I told you to spend the night, you yeah. know, it's just, yeah. I think it puts a lot more people at ease than you realize. Not only did they not say anything to you about it. It's just, uh, I think that not only did they not say anything to you about it because they didn't want to piss you off or push you away. Right. They're happy for you at the same time. Oh yeah. That, you know, they say you don't start getting healthy until the doctor tells you it's time to get healthy. I want to be the guy that goes to the doctors and he says, well, if you wouldn't have started this a year ago, there would be no way that you could be saved. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now that you took these steps, we can work with you. Mm -hmm. It opens up a lot of doors, you know, and it, it, it gives you the balls or the freedom to just put your foot through that door and just see what it brings. That's a wrap, you guys. Season two of This Is Stuff Sober is now in the books. But before we bid farewell, I want to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude to all of you, my amazing listeners. Your unwavering support, your valuable feedback, and your continuous engagement have made this season truly remarkable. Each episode has been a shared experience, and I am endlessly grateful for your presence on this incredible ride. As we transition into the interlude between seasons, I want to take this opportunity to embark on a personal journey of reflection. Over the next few months, I will be immersing myself in contemplation and exploring where I stand on my own sober journey. I want to ensure that the path I choose for season three aligns with my truth and hopefully resonates deeply with all of you as well. You will still be able to find me over at the Sober Effect podcast that I co-host with the lovely Kate. We talk about the ripple effects alcohol and sobriety has on those around us. So my dear listeners, stay tuned. Season three is just around the corner and I promise it will be worth the wait. Have a great summer. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. Remember, I am just a woman on a mission to normalize sobriety and living a sober lifestyle. I am not a licensed therapist or a doctor. Please, if alcohol is causing serious physical or mental health issues, seek professional help. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to hit follow so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, leaving a five-star review will help this podcast reach more people like you in the sober community. It's an easy way to spread the word in normalizing a sober lifestyle. You should never feel alone in sobriety, so feel free to reach out to me via email or through my Instagram account at thisisstephsober. Links to both are listed in the show notes.